In fact, if you were here last week, you would have heard Kev actually um, introduce this new series that we're doing in the month of January. The series looks at our relationship with God. How do we relate to God? How does God relate to us? How does he care for us? Last week, Kev spoke about the fact that God is like a potter and we are the clay. And God is carefully and lovingly molding us each day to become more like the people that he wants us and created us to be to be more like Jesus. Well, today I'm going to remind us of another way in which we look at our relationship with God, and that is that God is the good shepherd. If we turn to uh, John chapter 10, let's see if this is going to work for us. John chapter 10, 14 to 18, it says this. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. In the same way, the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. Let that sink in for a moment. Jesus is actually saying that the relationship that we have with him is like the relationship that he has with the Father. That's amazing. Jesus compares that relationship as being something so vital, so important, so significant that he would lay down his life for it. You know, most of us would rarely have any contact with a shepherd. In fact, 2,000 years ago when Jesus said these words, most people would have known shepherds. They might have even been one themselves when they were young. But these days, we don't often have contact with shepherds. So let me explore a little bit about what Jesus was saying when he said, I am the good shepherd. You know, the Bible actually mentions sheep and shepherds more than 200 times. So there's something here that God really wants us to try and understand. Now, a good shepherd is not simply somebody who sits around all day looking at the sheep. A bit like when I'm at home watching the cricket, okay? That's not what a good shepherd actually is. A good shepherd protects and provides security for the sheep. In fact, at night, when they bring the sheep into a pen, often the gate of the pen is actually the shepherd who would lie down across that gateway and make sure that no wild animal would get in at night and no sheep could get out. And so a good shepherd puts themselves in a place of security and protection for their sheep. A good shepherd will lead the flock to find water and to find good pasture. A good shepherd would care for the sheep, particularly those that are sick. In fact, they'll even pick up the sheep, put it over their shoulders and carry it. Now, if any of you have seen how big some sheep are, that's not an easy thing to do. Yet that's the role of a good shepherd. A good shepherd puts the the needs of the sheep ahead of themselves. A good shepherd will go ahead of the sheep and actually show them the path, the track that they need to walk on. A good shepherd will often correct the sheep. Not something we like to think about, but very necessary. I mean, if you've ever tried to look after a group of animals and they wander and travel areas they don't want them to go, imagine if you're looking after a flock of sheep and you're coming up to the edge of a cliff or a ravine or a a river. You don't want them wandering off in there. So a good shepherd will actually correct, redirect, move them into a place of safety. A good shepherd will actually look for any lost sheep because they know them by name. 
They know their idiosyncrasies. They know how they think and, and what they do. And they know the fact that some of them, you've got to keep a close eye on because they're going to wander off given any opportunity. But others, they know they can say, oh, they're going to stay with the herd. That's okay. The flock, I know where they're going to be. So a good shepherd actually gives them a name, cares for them, and actually tries to understand them. A good shepherd will fight for their flock. Now, I had the opportunity of being um, in northern Ethiopia a few years ago, and in that location, the shepherds were usually young boys. And let me tell you, when a young boy, a shepherd boy, would bend over to pick up a rock, any wild animal or bird in the vicinity would immediately bolt because they knew that when he picked up that rock, they were in trouble. They were prepared to defend their flock no matter what against any animal that would come to, to attack or who would be a threat to them. And that is what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd protects their sheep. They regularly talk to their sheep because that's the way that they understand their voice. They listen to their master. And a good shepherd genuinely and honestly wants their sheep to be healthy and growing. They want them to actually be in a good state. And that's what God means when he says, I am the good shepherd. He thinks about all of those things for us and much more. The Bible says that we are like sheep, even though we might not want to agree with it. But, but try and think of it in this term. If you're a sheep, right, sheep need to be guided. They constantly wander off when not given clear direction. They can easily become lost and they can easily fall prey to someone who would harm them. Does that sound familiar? In fact, even on the day when Christ returns, we read this. Is that going to activate? Here we go. Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in all his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. The passage goes on to tell us that the reason God is separating them that way is so that he can identify those who are followers of Jesus from those who are not. And in that process, he also identifies what the consequences are of which side you're going to be on. But when I first read that in the Bible, I thought, well, that's a bit strange. I mean, surely separating the sheep and goats is a pretty simple thing. I mean, we can tell the difference, can't we? Let me give you an example. If you take a look at this next slide, I might have to get you guys to help me here. Okay, kids, can anyone tell me what they are? Sheep. Yep, we've got a farmer over here somewhere. Sheep. Okay, that's great. And it's pretty obvious what they are, right? And then we go to the next slide. What are these? Goats. We've got many farmers over this side. That's great. Okay. And you see, the difference between sheep and goats is pretty straightforward, right? But again, when I was in northern Ethiopia, when I was in parts of Africa that don't have the beautiful, fat, woolly merino sheep, and they don't have goats in the way that we see them, we have something like this. Now can you tell which one are the sheep and which ones are the goats? Not as easy, is it? 
And this is what Jesus was referring to when he said that I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats. Because we, like this flock here, are intermingled with all the other people that live with us and do our life with us and share our society with us. And it's not as simple as we might think in terms of separating the sheep from the goats. So if we go to the next image, most of us would probably think, if I'm looking for a follower of Jesus and I go into a church, pretty good chance that's who I'm going to find there. Mind you, just because you go to church doesn't necessarily mean you're a Christian. Um, I love the statement of Joyce Myers. She said, I could sit in a garage all day. It doesn't make me a car. But the good thing is, most people that go to church are there for the right reason. They're there because they do want to follow Jesus. They do want to understand God, and they want to connect with him. But when God said, when he comes back, when Jesus returns, he will separate the sheep from the goats. He's not just going to simply walk into the churches and look for people. In fact, if we go to the next slide, now who can tell me which ones are the Christians? Yet God can. God can see all of us and he can identify which ones are his followers. And how does he do that? Well, fortunately, it tells us in the Bible exactly how he's going to do that. If we go to the next slide. John 10, 4 to 8 says, The shepherd walks right up to the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate to him and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he gets them all out, he leads them and they follow him because they are familiar with his voice. They are familiar with his voice. Let me illustrate that in a slightly different way. Um, We might not be shepherds, but how many of you here have pets at home? Yeah? Dogs? Who has dogs? Good people. I like dogs. (laughs) I've got a beautiful golden retriever. Her name is Bella. And Bella knows her master's voice. And unfortunately, it's not me, it's my wife, Karina. But I've got to tell you that we can be down the beach and we can have Bella out there running in the sand. She can be 20, 30 metres away and she's about to rush into the water where we don't want her to go on that day, okay? And if Karina shouts out, Bella, drop! Instantly, Bella is on her belly looking back at Karina like, I didn't do nothing, okay? And that's because she knows her master's voice. She responds to that voice because she knows the master is looking after her and cares for her. So I'm going to ask you a question. As a follower of Jesus, do you know God's voice? Like any good shepherd, God regularly talks to his people. And he does that in many different ways. He does that through his word. We can read his word and we can hear and understand God's message and voice to us. He speaks to us through the prompting of his spirit inside of us. That small voice that sometimes says to us, "Mm, not sure if that's the right thing to do. Or, hang on a minute, maybe God's got something here that I'm just not really understanding. He can speak to us through our visions or dreams. He can speak to us often when we pray with him. And he can also speak to us through the words of fellow Christians. There are many different ways that God speaks to us as the good shepherd. And yet the thing that God really revealed to me when I was doing the research into this topic was 
It wasn't just about him being a shepherd. It's actually about him actively being a good shepherd. In fact, if you've been asleep up till now, okay, and you're just not sure where I'm going with all of this, well, I'm going to give you the message in one simple line. One simple line, and this is it. God, our good shepherd, is actively pursuing and watching over you. Let me put that a slightly different way. Jesus, the good shepherd, is actively pursuing and watching over you. Have you ever thought about it that way? It's not up to you. It's not up to me. God is actively pursuing us. Like the good shepherd, he is out there looking out for us, looking after us, wanting to know what we need so that he can provide it. I mean, Pastor Joseph Prince put it this way, many of us think that we have to look for God. You often hear it in our society. We have to search for God. We've got to seek him out. We have to find God. But God is not the one who is lost. In fact, God is the one actually doing the searching. Jesus tells us crystal clear, this is God's approach to us in the parable of the lost sheep. Do you know that parable? Where a shepherd has 99 sheep and he's realised one is missing and he leaves the 99 to go and look for the one that is lost? Now that is a good shepherd. And then he finds the lost sheep, he picks them up, he puts them on his shoulders, carries it back to the flock and there is a great celebration when he returns with the lost sheep. Let me give you an illustration of what a lost sheep actually looks like. When I was in my early 20s, yes, a long time ago, when I was in my early 20s, I went out and worked on a a sheep station out at a place called Louie out near Mudgee. And the farmer's name, great farmer's name, Ned, Ned Coombs. And one afternoon, a couple of mates and myself all went out with Ned to go and find some lost sheep. They'd managed to get out through the boundary fence and they were off in the scrub. So we went out and we found a couple of these sheep. And Let me tell you, a lost sheep is a pretty awful sight because sheep are covered in this thick wool fur coat which is full of lanolin, like an oily substance. And so it's basically like the sheep is covered in tacky Velcro. So everywhere this sheep goes, sticks to the wool. Okay, so this sheep, when you found it, was covered in sticks and burrs and leaves and dirt and mud and cow dung and sheep dung, and blood, and flies, you know, I won't keep going, but you can imagine it's not a pretty sight. And so God is saying when we wander off, when we are out there by ourselves, it's not a pretty sight. If you live your life thinking that it's all about what you can do, it's all up to you, that you have to take care of yourself, you have to take care of your career, you've got to look after your finances, only you can depend on you, then you're going to live a life that's full of stress and worry. I know that because that's largely, for me, one of my biggest challenges. As a designer and a project manager for 40-odd years, my job is always to try and look over the horizon, find the problems before they occur, and look for ways to solve and fix them when they happen. And so I I tend to be reliant on myself a lot. And that's not necessarily a healthy place to be. 
And yet it's actually not just my default position, it's what our society says to us. You know, look after number one. You know, you can be the master of your own destiny. But you know, that's not the way that God wants us to see him. He wants us to see him like this. God, our good shepherd, is actively pursuing and watching over you. We truly understand that God, as the good shepherd, is not only just looking after us, looking out for us, but he's also caring for us. He's protecting us. He heals us when we're sick. He carries us when we get lost. If you believe and see that, if you understand that, if you accept that in your heart, then you will let go a lot of that stress because you can hand that over to God and he willingly carries it for us. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't do anything. It doesn't mean that we sit back and wait for God like a a sheep to pick us up and carry us, right? Because God gives us gifts and he gives us talents and he gives us resources and relationships and it's up to us to do the very best we can with those but not to the point where we stress that we can't manage it because God can. When you get old like me, you remember things that have come and gone over time and one of those things are bumper stickers. Anyone remember bumper stickers? Yeah? Okay, well, bumper sticker for those that are a bit younger were a little printed message on a sticker that you put on the back of your car, on the, on the bumper of your car. And I used to have this bumper sticker on my car that said, let go and let God. When you think about it, it's a pretty clear, simple message. But when I was researching this message this week, I started thinking, you know what it should have said? Trust the shepherd. Because that's what it's about. It's about us simply allowing God, who is actively pursuing us, to let him take control. In fact, if we go on to the next slide, this is an incredible promise from God. In 1 Peter 2, 24 to 25, he says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, and now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. In another version, it says, You have been returned. To the shepherd, being returned in the same way the lost sheep has been found. You know, the Bible says that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, before we even knew that we needed him, he'd already given his life to protect us. And that is why Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus does all those things that a good shepherd does and many more. And Jesus has already laid down his life for you and for me. That sounds to me like someone that you can trust. And let me end with the words of a shepherd, a young man named David. He was in the fields minding his sheep when he was called by his father, Jesse. Jesse called him in and said, David, I want you to take this food hamper with you and take it to your brothers who are fighting in the Israelite army and, and go and meet with them. And that's what David did. So he took the, the food with him and he headed off to go and find his brothers. And on the way, as he arrived, he found that the Israelite army were faced by the Philistine army across the other side. And standing in front of the Philistine army was this massive giant by the name of Goliath. 
And he was taunting the Israelites, come on, come on out and fight me, come on. But at the same time, he was also ridiculing their God. Now, David might have just been a simple shepherd boy at the time, but David realized that's not right. Someone's got to do something about that, and if none of you will do it, I will. And the unique thing about David is he knew from the moment he stepped foot out to face that giant, he was not alone. He understood that God had been actively pursuing him, and God was there for him. I won't go into all the detail of the story, but we know that David defeated Goliath and the Philistine army. And David went on to become one of the greatest kings that Israel has ever known. But what was most important about David is that he fully understand, he understood this relationship between him and God. He knew that God was the good shepherd. In fact, David wrote this psalm, a psalm that we know very, very well. It's called Psalm 23. And I'm going to read through this. You can read it on the screen, but I'm going to read it in a slightly different way to help us understand what God wants us to know. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. The good shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures. The good shepherd leads me beside quiet waters. The good shepherd refreshes my soul. The good shepherd guides me along the paths in his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will feel, fear no evil, for the good shepherd is with me. The good shepherd's rod and staff, they comfort me. The good shepherd prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The good shepherd anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the good shepherd, our Lord, forever. You see, Jesus is our good shepherd. Our role is simply to accept that, to accept it graciously and knowingly and in a way that we know that God is already reaching out, actively pursuing us, looking for us and wanting to be with us. What are we going to do about that? Okay, let us pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us this amazing image of you being our good shepherd. We thank you, Lord, that what you have presented to us, what you have described to us in the relationship that a good shepherd has with his flock is the relationship you want us to have with you, one that we can trust you, we can rely upon you, we, we put our cares on you, and you're strong enough. You're there for us, you care for us in a way that no one else can. We thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life for us so that we might have a future with you in the glory of your kingdom. Thank you, Father. Thank you for giving us this image. Pray, Lord, that today we will all make that, that willing offer and accept that you are our good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen.